listeners to Master of My Own Podcast, a podcast where we go in chapter by chapter dissecting <laughs> everyone's favorite novels, Fifty Shades of Grey. Today is a special episode Fucking because we will be discussing one line in specific, the most character-affirming and possibly iconic line of the whole series, my birth mother, the crack whore. Because <laughs> we're talking about 50, done right? Fifty Shades episode. Fuck! We're talking. I'm not talking about Fifty Devin. Shades. No, I'm sorry. We already did the Fifty Shades episode, and it was extremely horny. Um, and then after that, we were like, okay, we'll do the, we'll do the Twilight episode after this, out of order for some fucking reason. Whose idea was that? Whose idea was that? I'm gonna guess yours. I'm gonna guess yours. Yeah. No, it was. Yep. Um. Hello, everyone. Um, this is original podcast. Do not steal. Thank you for joining us. My name is Amber Autumn. She, her. I'm Prince Devin, everybody. And we have a third. We have a third person with us as well. Uh, yes. Hello. Uh, my name is Euphemia. Uh, she, they. Um, uh, original podcast is a weekly podcast in which every week Devin and I, and sometimes a third person who is neither Devin nor I, um, take some kind of a franchise, um, IP, um, uh, idea, hope, dream, concept, wish, and we make an original character in that franchise, um, and then we tell you not to steal it, hence the name of the podcast. Um, uh, and, and today we are going to be talking about the Twilight Saga and probably especially the movies. And it's apparently, allegedly, according to Devin, going to get heated. Um, but before we get to that, um, we do have to always ask our, our, our typical question of our guests, um, which is, Euphemia, do you want to tell us, uh, uh, something that you think is overrated and something you think is underrated? In media? Sure. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be in media. It usually is. I, like that's sort of the, the 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 tilt of the podcast. But like, if you have other answers that are interesting, go for it. It really is just sort of like a icebreaker. Um, something that is overrated. I don't know. Love what you love. Um, I'm not. I will hate things, but you know, for this purpose. I don't want to um, hate things. Um, something that is underrated is the 1985 Return to Oz um, film. It's a forgotten piece of Disney's um, catalog. You can find it on Disney+. Plus. It's really fantastic. Jim Henson corporation in terms of puppetry. Um, so it's really fantastic and lively. It's kind of a end of the era in terms of big budget live action uh, Disney films before they switched over to animation in the 90s. You have pitched me on Return to Oz so many times in the course of the time that we have known each other. Yes. Um, and I don't think that I've ever gotten like a stronger sell from you than just now when you mentioned that it had um, top tier puppeteering. Suddenly, like my ears have perked up. I love puppeteering. And Can't get enough of it. Claymation. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, it has sick claymation, fantastic puppeteering, uh, fantastic just overall character work. Um, the young girl who plays Dorothy does a really great job costuming, set design. It's really like big budget fantasy film targeted towards children. That's also scary. It's a really good Halloween movie if you're looking for a light scare or a kind of child um, fears and jitters. 
I if you um uh if you if you don't have a miserable experience recording this, I am almost definitely going to to bug you to come back for an Oz episode someday. <laughs> um after you get me to read them all. Perfect. All sixty something of them. All Jesus, really? Uh, their famous 40 stopped in 1963, and they've been making books ever since, so. Christ. I, I can't wait to have nothing to say about Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and other Oz media. It's not just the wizard, Devin. There's a... Yeah, the, um... Casey, the guy who owns BuyMeToys.com with his wife, I believe Kelly. It's been a long time since I've been there, but his original comic is a wizard of oz thing oh that's cool oz is in the public domain it is yeah uh but today we are not just here to talk about oz um we are here to talk about twilight um Mm -hmm. uh, so (laughs) twilight for the many of you um uh who are unaware um is a series of uh, paranormal teen romance novels um, and then later film adaptations um, by Stephanie Meyer and then a bunch of people who aren't Stephanie Meyer um, about this high school girl who falls in love with a vampire and then there's a love triangle, but it gets resolved pretty immediately. And um, uh, and then it became the biggest thing in the world for like a decade um, and defined an entire genre of paranormal teen romance stories going forward. Um, even though Buffy did it first and better, um, uh, and, uh, yeah, okay, so you, so let's just start by, um, what's everybody's relationship to Twilight? My relationship to Twilight is that Ufemia made me watch all of them, and now I'm kind of obsessed. They're really bad. Um, I thought about Promare a lot while watching the last one, just in terms of, like, this is so bad. Everyone has to watch it. It's incredible. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's it's horrible. I love it. It's amazing. It's so bad. Um, it's that sort of that sort of vibe. Um, our friendship is over. <laughs> yeah, is our friendship over? Is that completely I, the wrong I, take? I don't like you bringing up Prober and Twilight in the same sentence. That like, I'm right. That I'm fucking me. right. The fucking got Am I me wrong, super Devin? Hard. I wasn't expecting. No, because Promare fucking slaps. The movie's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really fucking bad. Promare fucking rules. Screw you, dude. <laughs> okay, well, Devin, how do you feel about the Twilight Saga? Okay, how far do you want me to go with this? Because I have a a deep and storied history with the Twilight Saga. I think if if it's going to be a long one, then I want to let Ufemia go first. Okay, I'm, I'm down with that. Um, uh, my relationship with the Twilight Saga, I was too young to read the first book, but old enough um, that by my parents' judgment could go see the first one. Um, and I had, I, as a living as a young boy, um, saw all of the Twilights in the theaters, um, saw Breaking Dawn Part 2 opening day. Um, Uh, Completely accidentally uh, ended up just kind of being a super fan and just watched all of them. 
um, and just wasn't on the internet enough to know that people were hating them and that I shouldn't like them. Uh, really? Yeah. I just didn't wow. know that people didn't like them. I thought that they were just fun. They kept coming out, and I kept seeing people enjoy them. I saw, you know, the books constantly on sale at Barnes and Nobles and assumed, yeah, everybody just loves this. Um, later, I learned that people hated them. Um, and then I was like, I guess. I don't know why. And then, you know, I decided to give them another try at a little point, another point in my life, and... I have re-fallen in love with them. I think they're fantastic and wonderful and funny and weird. And as much as you could describe them as bad, I think there's still, I don't know, there's so much more than there is a negative. Oh, I'm when I, um... outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> when I was When I went in for surgery, when I went for open heart surgery, yes, I'm telling the story. When I went in for open heart surgery, um, uh, I like obviously you have like a bunch of friends sending you messages of support and get well soons and all that. And Ufemia sent me um, an image of like one of the Twilight movie posters edited so that the characters were saying supportive things about my heart surgery, um, such as, for example, um, uh, uh, my father is a doctor. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah. it's a cherished image. It's a cherished possession on my phone. As it should be. And, you know, uh, Edward being the cold vampire that he is, his only association is that you're going into surgery is that Carlisle is also a doctor. <laughs> right. That's all, that's all he has. All right, Devin. All right. Do you want to do it? Uh, okay. So... I hate Twilight so fucking much, I learned media literacy. So, <laughs> when you said you weren't on the internet and you didn't know anyone was mad, I was the mad people on the internet. I was so invested oh, no. in hating Twilight. Okay, on this podcast, I have said that if Angry Video Game Nerd didn't exist, I wouldn't make YouTube videos. And I was correct when I said that, but if I were to probe deeper... If I didn't hate Twilight as much as I did when I first saw it, I wouldn't be making YouTube videos because my friends said, Devin, you're going to love Twilight. It's awesome. It's vampires. I went to see the movie and I hated it so much. I didn't understand why or how to articulate it. So I needed to know if other people hated it. So I went to YouTube and I typed in like Twilight sucks. And I fell down the rabbit hole of Twilight hating content. Oh my god. And I found one user Devin, no. in specific, blows himself up, dude, who is like my oldest YouTube guy I look back at because all of his content was just making reviews. And he's the first person who was ever like, I don't think the story was good. And I went, what does that mean? And through that, I eventually learned media criticism because I hate Twilight so fucking <laughs> But, but, there is an arc, because I think Twilight is bad. I think it is unhealthy and toxic, and gross and weird. That being said, I did realize that over the course of my hating Twilight, some of it was my mom loved it a lot, and girls liked it a lot, and there was a lot of internalized misogyny that I have hence gotten over, and I will defend Twilight. 
there was that article that was like, why Twilight is the worst movie ever made. And I was like, Jesus Christ, have you seen movies? <laughs> There's a lot worse than Twilight. So like, it's fine if you think it's fun. I don't think it's particularly good. I don't think those books are well written. I don't think those movies are shot in very interesting ways. I think they have an unhealthy thing to say for the most part. But I've had drinking games where we took a shot every time Edward gaslights Bella and I got drunk and it was a pretty good time. Devin, I like so much of what you said about Twilight is I'm like, I'm like, I disagree, but like, I understand where you're coming from. But the part about it not being shot, interestingly, it's shot so fucking weird, Devin. Why is it not interesting to you? Um, that one I was probably just pulling out. I don't remember enough. I just remember them being bland. And I haven't revisited these movies, A, sober, and B, in a very long time. Oh, one last little my history with Twilight before we get into the big shit. But I, I'm a subscriber to not small beans to game for the unemployed i like that podcast network sometimes david bell can get me annoyed because i'm like motherfucker did you watch the movie dave they answer the question you have in the movie but they did a sub-series called guy light where they both rewatched twilight for the first time and at the end of each episode they'd be like so whose side are you on and david bell was like well i guess i'm on jacob's side because Edward's like a thousand year old hitting on a high school girl. What a creep. What a pedo. And I was so invested because, motherfucker, I read your books and I know that Jacob is a pedophile. <laughs> so I couldn't wait for them to get to that movie because I needed to know what David was going to say when his one pick, because, quote, not a creep, turns into a fucking pedophile. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Stephanie Meyer wrote the first Twilight in like. 90 days maybe less um so that's that's, true? that's insane yeah no she uh she just got the idea and she sat down and she wrote it all out in 90 days and then she pitched it to a company and they didn't fully read it um they just turned it into a book um i'm obviously really this um they turned it into a book and then it became a sensation and then they were like great are you going to write more? And she's like, yes, of course. Twilight was the first book that she ever wrote. I'm stunned. I'm speechless. So whenever people say, oh, the writing is bad. Oh, this and that is bad. Yes. If you were to write a book in 90 days and then that book be turned into a major motion picture that's a genre film, yes, it's going to be really bad and really weird. But there are so many things that are just unadulterated about it because it did not come from an established author. It's it's true. It did get to be uh, different. Do you know if she had, like, an editor or anything? I don't. Okay. That's okay. I don't know that either. Yeah, the fact that it is, like, so weird and different, as you say, is, like, one of the things that I think is really uh, appealing about it as a franchise. Like, uh, there's, like, there's a lot to be said about, like, the ways that the, that the franchise, like, uses race in a weird way. Um, and, like, obviously an enormous amount of ink has already been spilled over whether or not um, Edward is, Edward is a creep, right? Um, whether or not it is toxic and unhealthy TM that he is in her room or what have you. But there's also like, 
I don't know, like this weird, unreserved sense of of the of of like what it means to be the paranormal and like what it means to be in love in that franchise. Like 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 there's this thing in like every other teen like paranormal romance. Um, like vampire romance specifically where they all have to make being a vampire kind of like a scary bad thing that you like don't want to be that's complicated for all these reasons and Twilight is like the only franchise that I know of that just goes out and is like no it's awesome to be a vampire Bella wants to be vamped so bad and she's right to do it because it's cool to be a vampire and there are no bad consequences to having it happen to her um, so I don't know like that's that makes it an appealing setting to make an OC in to me Oh, definitely. The feeling of, like, fan fiction, like, if Twilight feels like a fan fiction for itself, (laughs) Stephanie Meyer, the way that she wrote the later books and the way that she would introduce characters feels like she's pitching fanfics into her own universe. And the way that she bends vampire rules because she doesn't necessarily know a lot. She did a little bit of research enough to give them a setting um, and, you know, general vampire things that she mentions in the books. But she definitely comes up with her own vampire mythos and then introduces tons of different characters that just fit that weird mythos that she's created. All of her characters do feel just like AO3 OCs inserts. Which makes this a great episode. It's, uh, yeah, they have like this weird like superpower thing going on, right? Where like every vampire has like a different superpower. Yes. Um, all of which are disconnected from each other and none of which are offered any particular explanation other than it's just like a vampire thing. It's like the, it's the X-Men thing. Yeah, it is very X-Gene, very, like, Sam Raby's Spider-Man of, like, when you get bit by a vampire and the venom enters your bloodstream, it coats every single blood cell and turns you into a different entity. Like, your X-Gene is unlocked. So there's, uh, so that's, like, one way that we could go with an OC. There's, like, a couple of directions that I see here. We could go with, like, it's a vampire... And um, uh, we just like like we make an X Men, but they're a vampire in the Twilight franchise, and probably as ridiculous as that entails. Um, or we could um, like come up with a, a different like paranormal like like are is there are there more supernatural elements of the world than just vampires or werewolves in Twilight, or is that like is that canonically like it? You know, I haven't read the books, so I don't necessarily know. Um, sure. But all we, yeah, all we know is that there are werewolves and that there are vampires. And I mean, like, outside of the vampire werewolf mythos, other, like, classic monsters aren't necessarily a plague-type disease or a hereditary-type thing that you necessarily pass down, like ghouls and Frankenstein um, and zombies and such aren't necessarily something that could belong to a group of people. Sure. So I'm not exactly sure how she built out her mythos or what the future books will add to the world-building. What do we think? Do we have any particular feelings about where would we start with a Twilight OC? 
I, well, think... I said my piece, so I'm going to have very little to say, so I'm just going to chime in real quick, because I wanted to see if I could find the video, Why Can't a Cyclops Have Five Eyes, one of my earliest Twilight hate love videos I ever saw. I couldn't find it, but I did find a video called Twilight Caplocks Killed the Real Pinkie Pie, a My Little Pony conspiracy, and I am fascinated by the prospect of this video. I think you should watch it and report back. Yeah, I got you, I got you. I, yeah, I think an interesting point to start um, for developing an OC, because uh, if we think about the main vampire cast, is they all have fleshed out backgrounds that start with, at what point were they turned? Because Jasper was <laughs> a Confederate soldier who was turned... <laughs> Um, no, we don't listen. We don't know that he was a Confederate. He just fought in the Civil no, War. No, it's, it's, side it's not. It's not. No, no, it's not. It is not up for debate. They tell you. It's told. Do they? To do they you. tell you? Yes. They tell you. Incredible. They tell Incredible. you. A. He's wearing I just thought a we gray. Were the like, on which side Jasper joke the whole time? I thought it was just like, n- like conspicuously unstated. No, because he has the southern accent that he goes in and out of. And two, in his flashback sequences, he is wearing a gray uniform. Um, that he was, the I think, the youngest general of the Confederate Army. Um, and then he was bewitched by a, a Mexican um, vampire lady, um, which is a whole you know thing in itself. And then there was Edward, who was a young... Um, it was an 18-year-old man who fell under, uh, was it this, like, I believe the Spanish flu, um, or some version of an influenza, um, in, like, 1918, and then got turned, um, so that's what makes him, like, 100 years old, um, and then there's Rosalie, who was about, I think, the 1930s, um, and I don't remember when Alice and Emmett were turned. So I think picking a time period would be really key to figuring out this vampire. What a big question. It is a big question. The French Revolution. The French Revolution. I mean, there is a a character in the last book that was... um, that fought in the American Revolution, and that is his whole um, identity. (laughs) Did he um did he fight for the Confederates? The in the American Revolution? Yeah, no. in, the, in the American Revolution. Did he fight <laughs> on the Confederate side? No, he fought on the side of the colonies. Um, because in the movie, when the Voltori come up, he has the small quip that is so senseless, the redcoats are coming. <laughs> does he really? Yeah, yeah, he does. Um okay. and then yeah. No, go. No, I mean, I think it is important that you pick almost a battle, um, as in the end of Breaking Dawn Part 2, there's that moment where they all talk about battles that they were in, and how the vampires secretly um, aided which sides of wars, and how they won or lost. So presumably then, we want for our uh, French Revolution vampire to have fought on the winning side because that's how the vampires influenced events? Yeah, yeah, I think so. 
And it also makes sense. I mean, if we think about it, like, you know, a suffering lower class um, that is victim to uh, hunger and disease, that the trope of vampirism that permeates kind of all sense of European um, culture um, would fit really well with that. And then, I mean, there's also the eat the rich aspect of a modern day revolution um, that, you know, that the blood of the fat and the, you know, oversatiated might be richer. So, like, is our vampire an SJW? Is that what we're saying? Like, is our, our vampire really into class consciousness? I think SJW is a, is a strong word. But yeah, I think our vampire is probably like the French elites are killing the lower class quite literally that they there's no food for them to have. So yeah, I think that's a reasonable, you know, identity or political stance to have. No, it is. The the thing is, I I kind of I don't want the character to be too good. Um uh, for lack of a better term, like it's um, like like you have like characters whose entire identities are built out from the from from where they are, um, uh, and I like from where they are when they're turned, and I don't want for our character, like I want our character to feel like listen, someone's listen, listen, Meyer listen, 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 listen. This yeah, yeah, is yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. Depthful and with thought and nuance to a political belief and held moral principle. Shut up! It's Twilight. Uh-huh. Who do they want to have sex with? Who do I want to bang? I don't know, Devin. That's something you got to decide for yourself. I don't know. I mean, like, I think Rosalie is a really good um, character to jump off of as, like, her whole thing is that she was, you know, a woman in America in the 1930s and her fiancé just completely wronged her and committed, you know, one of the worst sins that, you know, one person can commit. And then she was turned and then gained the power to fight all of her abusers and brutally kill them and then in the most fantastic, dramatic way, when her fiancé knew that she was coming to exact a vampiric revenge, she showed up in a wedding dress. Which is (laughs) iconic of her. Which is incredibly iconic. Um, You know, somebody who isn't necessarily, like, you know, Rosalie's not necessarily the most perfect person, but... She was turned into a vampire and used that ability to exact revenge and did it with great dramatic flair, which I think is a key point to all vampires is that they are all huge drama queens across books and genres. What does that tell us about who this character uh, wants to fuck? I mean, I don't know, vampires in the Twilight universe run off of a mate-type system in that there is, honestly, there's no vampire polyamory. Uh, You know, you find one person and that's your person. 
which was the whole Edward Bella dynamic and even extended to the uh, Jacob and Renesme. Um, but it, it is very weird. The it's I find one person and they are mine, and it's a very, very strange and addictive relationship. I love that for them personally. As do I. So, I mean, okay, ROC is set in the French, or at least was turned around the French Revolution and therefore mm-hmm. was involved in the French Revolution. Has ROC mm-hmm. found their mate? Is it going to be a, I was turned at 20, so I'm just going to look 20 and want to date anybody who's 20? Is our, you know, is our OC's mate a Bella-type situation? Are they another vampire? It is weird that we don't get a lot of, like, older vampires, right? Yeah, I mean, there's that one guy who's a part of the Voltori who's older. Yeah, He's definitely in his, like... 60s as a vampire we don't get to really hear from that guy no we just had like very minor comments and then in the sequence of which what might happen that Alice presented when he was being killed he just stood there opened his arms like Jesus Christ and said finally and died (laughs) So I'm so I'm kind of thinking like um uh like like elderly sweet couple who have been together for like 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 several hundred years sort of a situation. Mm-hmm. I mean But make them drama queens. I think that's very good. I think that's fair. Um are so just to clarify these older people were part of the lower class in France? Do they still live in France after those? No, I mean they years? gotta live in Forks, Washington. Like, or they're part of the Voltari, right? Like, like they are Twilight OCs. They've gotta, they've well, gotta I mean, be relevant to Twilight in some way. Uh, in the last movie, we saw all of the vampires from different parts of the world. Uh, where there were those three vampires, where their entire identity is that they were just Irish. <laughs> they had red hair, and they were Irish, <laughs> and they fought in the Eleven Year War and lost. Um, and they had kind of a poor Irish accent. You know, that's really true. So there's not, you know, no reason to believe. Um, also, the the other vampire... Okay, this is another minor thing. The Voltori all have British accents, yet they fully reside in Italy. Why wouldn't they reside in England, which is a lot foggier and a lot more discreet for them to walk around rather than sunny, beautiful Italy? I don't know. I mean, if we do have an old couple, I, I, I think it'd be best if they lived in France. I think it'd be interesting. So then why do they, so then the thing is then, then, then I want them to have like a reason to show up in, in Forks or wherever. Um, so you have like elderly, extremely sweet, um, uh, kind of, uh, non, uh, non-threatening couple. Um, uh, but they do show up for like some kind of a battle sequence or, 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 
I don't know, they find some reason to get invested in the lives of the Cullens because we're writing fan fiction here and um and and we want them to show up uh uh in in the lives of our main characters whom we love very much. So like they have to be like somehow uh like unexpectedly uh uh dangerous or 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 I don't know, something to that effect, right? Um yeah, I mean Devin. Yeah, what's up? Help me out here. Oh. Um, yes. Okay, you're doing great. Good job. Yeah. I mean, if we're creating the... I guess why are they interacting with the Cullens? Are the Cullens the most interesting vampire family? Like, are you like are you asking me my opinion? Or is that a yeah. rhetorical question in order for you to say the Cullens are not the most interesting vampire family? No, I'm asking you, because you proposed the idea that they have to interact with the Cullens. I understand that right. Twilight exists in Forks, Washington, but as we learned in the last, you know, the last book and the last movie, it's that there's these vampires all over the world that just exist, have their right. own struggles, and then I mean, they the, all... I the, mean, the Cullens are, one, are the ones who, like, in that last, uh, uh, in, in, in the final hours of the of the franchise do like reveal the possibility for um uh like immortal children across the world like and that like and it turns out that's like a regular thing like we see that in the world that like they like they tell the voltari about this and the voltari just like weren't aware um uh until uh, edward and bella tell them about it so um something to do with that yeah yeah I mean, I guess in terms of, like, overall lore, Carlisle was at one point part of the Volturi. So he is kind of a central part of the, you know, vampire Illuminati. Then, yeah, so, okay. So this is, so this is, a, this is a Carlisle villain, then. This isn't actually about Edward. This is, like, a, a pair of villains who have come for Carlisle. I think that's interesting. Um, I think so. It's not. It's not. I, at least I don't know Carlisle's whole backstory on when he was turned, but at least we know that he he fought in the American Revolution. Um, so at some point in time, he must have been, you know, turned on to the idea of democracy or, you know, fighting for the little guy as he is such a uh, kind-hearted person, but was at one point part of va- Vampire Illuminati. So, a, okay. I, honestly, I think the old friend angle is the easiest and safest um, I, I old agree. enemy if it was an old enemy of of Carlisle, I think it would definitely be like French aristocrat, French aristocrats that were turned by a vampire during the uh, the French Revolution. Okay, um, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it like one step further because we don't know Carlisle's backstory, right? Like we like the fans might know. But us on this podcast, the ones who currently matter, we don't know. Um, we don't know. So, uh, uh, so I'm going to like do the classic vampire thing um, and say, what if we encounter 
um, either like the vampire who like origi- who originally turned Carlisle or um, uh, a a vampire who was originally turned by Carlisle. Hmm. Mm, interesting. When did the French Revolution happen? Good question. I don't know. Let me Google it. French Revolution is 
So this this vampire person comes and is like, you literally have Nazis and, you know, clan members proudly, you know, and, and people who, who still fly the Confederate flag just proudly just, you know, existing right next to your home state, the place where you live, Carlisle. Why don't you just end their lives and, you know, you know stop being such a such a bitch about it yeah that's that's very political um uh i'm into it that's good the last thing that i think i really want is a vampirism hook because 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 we we've got these characters who are like um uh like a like a character foil for carlisle um but like they're like ideologically um uh uh maybe quite contentious but like not like but but probably not quite as like physically capable of carla or what i I don't know do we think do we think they like have super strength uh like vampire powers what are their vampire powers that's the thing i'm missing what exactly is 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 this couple's abilities i'm gonna make devin do this one devin what super vampire powers are we giving them okay Here's a question. Do you just want a cool power or do you want it to in some way reflect their personhood? Which of these two paths do you want me to go down? I want you to go down the path where it reflects somewhat their personhood. Okay. Did we give French boy a name? I'm just going to say Jean for the moment being, but Jean can fill others around him with a murderous revolutionary spirit. He kind of goes, no, Carlisle, revolution in the streets now. And there's a big boom in his voice. And you see a bunch of humans' eyes glow red. And they just go into a frenzy from, what's the movie with the spies? What's the movie with the spies? Yeah, the Kingsman. Remember the Kingsman, the rage field emitterator? He can do I that. He can just make you. Yes. He, yeah, he can do that. That's a superpower. He can make other people want to kill stuff. I think that and makes sense. And then rage sense. against the machine kicks in. I mean, it's almost like the, you know, it's like the classic uh, French, uh, the painting of the French Revolution of like Lady Liberty, you know, creating a sort of energy, a push. Um, I can definitely sense that. Of like, Yeah, our character did that canonically. Yeah, our character canonically, you know, was like, you know, viva la, viva la revolution. Right. Um, uh, yeah, do we, do we, we, at this point probably want to come up with like a name and a look for this character? Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, obviously if we're going for French presentry, it's pale (laughs) brown or black hair, um, and brown and brown eyes and to some to some i guess a little more dignified as vampires just seem to know how to accrue wealth by living for hundreds of years it should be it should be french right what what are like common i'm gonna google common french names from around the french revolution someone has already googled common french names during the french revolution google already knows what i'm doing um no fuck these names are all in french Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, would you believe it? 
Are we, are we, is this, are we going with they're a couple or are we going with like this is an individual person? Let's go with this is an individual person. Individual person. Perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to pick one of these almost arbitrarily. Oh no, wait, they have, they have, they have translations here. Oh my God. Of course, of course they would, they would, uh, it was common during the French revolution to name kids egalite. Um, which makes total sense, but our character would have been too old for that to really uh, make sense at the time. Um, <laughs> what do we think for names? Am I, am I looking at boy names? Am I looking at girl names? I mean, any character that I would create was automatically going to be a girl because that's how my brain works. But I love that. I don't think the gender necessarily matters. If no, we want I'm... to do a more of Viva la Revolution and take inspiration from the painting, um, the idea of, you know, Lady Liberty... I think is um, is strong. We just like literally name our character Liberté. You know what? It's no, Twilight. Probably. Yeah, we can get away with that. Yeah, yeah, it is a Twilight. It is Twilight. Her name might as well be Liberté. Of course it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a fun villain. Um, uh, so usually what we do at this point in the podcast, we've more or less got a character. Um, the last thing that we do to like cement her... Um, is that we all, in any order, each of us come with, like, one more, um, we call it a fun fact about the character. We come up with one more character detail that, like, ideally doesn't relate to anything that's come before, just to, like, flesh them out and make them feel a little bit more um, interesting, idiosyncratic, um, uh, developed. Um, I mean, if we're gonna go with something uh, in terms of French Revolution-related, we should really make this person, uh, even though they only drink blood... Um, we should have them do a thing of, God, I miss toast, or, ugh, what I would give to have a taste for toast or bread, um, in terms <laughs> of the, you know, yeah. that bread was such a big thing. Like, 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 does she just, like, like, does she just, like, make toast in her home and then not eat it? Yeah, like, she, just like... just for, like, the ritual and the smell of it? Yeah, she'll, like, go to a bakery and, like buy bread and then it just goes to waste because she doesn't eat it but she yeah. likes the idea of bread yeah absolutely i think that she um can't remember the names of anybody else in the colon family other than carlisle um and doesn't seem to particularly care either because i just think it would be a funny running gag to have her um call people by the wrong names and have them correct her um and then have her get the name wrong again um, uh, and like, she's like so well respected that they can't really get too mad about it, about at her. Yeah, she's just you know by her mind she's done the most and is so established that you know why why care you know it's not about the individual it's about the movement right exactly so why why actually take the time you know and she'll have like an edgy like oh i've had so many people die oh absolutely you know, n learning names just absolutely. isn't 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 part of the game anymore i can absolutely uh, like picture the monologue yeah, of course, except for her name, which is the most important, being Liberté. <laughs> Devin? Devin, are you there? You are checked out on this one. I don't think he's there. Is he not there? Did the call literally drop? Devin, I'm, I'm keeping this in if I'm editing this. 
Oh my god, I'm getting a call. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody should be back in the call now. Fingers crossed. Hello? Hello? Hello. Okay. Great. So, right, cool. where we left, we were making fun of you for not being there, but also we were in the middle of doing one fun fact apiece. Okay. Do we have to resync? Because I didn't stop recording. I, if, if none of us stopped recording, we do not have to resync. I did not stop. Here's my fun fact they really like Peppy Le Pew. That's the one Looney Tune they care about. They're like, ah, it's funny. And that's it. I love that. Deeper than that. I love that. Okay, and that is um, Liberté, the the French revolutionary vampire. Um, uh, I love her. I would do anything for her. Absolutely fits in this stupid fucking franchise that I probably love. I think I love it. I think <laughs> it's great. I think she. I think she works really well in terms of uh, Stephanie Meyer's writing style. Is just kind of making people just caricatures i think she looks perfect yeah absolutely um uh i think you were right that naming her liberté was just that was that was the right way to go yeah what else would her name be <laughs> thank you for joining us Ufemia. this um has been an episode of original podcast do not steal do you want to um plug anything do you want to tell us where we can find any of your stuff online or anything yeah the answer can be uh, no, you but... just you could just find me at TikTok at Euphemia Kai. Other than that, I don't really exist anywhere. And I love that for you. Um, uh, my name has been Amber Autumn. She, her. Uh, my co-host has been Prince Devin. He, him. Please join us That's next me. week when Devin tries to get us to talk about professional wrestling. But instead, we talk about uh, what are we talking about next week, Devin? Oh you know a thing you, you know like uh, stuff we'll okay, talk cool. about some things between this week and next week we're gonna figure out what it is that we're talking about next week i sure hope i do i super forgot i had to do that yeah that's the way it happens about 50 percent of the time you're used to it by now whatever half of the time we say something is going to come out next week and then that thing doesn't come out for three months anyway these are all out of order um uh yeah uh cool uh, Devin, do your sign-off. I have a sign-off at the end? You always have a sign-off. <laughs> I'll do everything within my power to monetize our friendship. Thanks, Chip. High five, buddy. <laughs> see you on cyberspace, it. bro. <laughs> I love Chip. What a great guy. What a great running gag. Uh, <laughs> that where, where we just say, whoa, sometimes, and that's the whole joke. You know, some characters do really stay with you. Um, okay, well, Bunch anyway. Jackson. Twilight episode, less horny than the Fifty Shades episode, more thought out. Don't know whether that's appropriate or not. Um, uh, anyway, bye. My mother was a crack whore. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs>